0: Welcome to the Liberty Podcast with your host, Pastor Robert Maxey, Senior Pastor of Liberty Church of Baton Rouge. It's our prayer that this podcast should be life-changing for you and that you will share it with someone else. Now, here's Pastor Rob. All right, everybody. How are you guys doing tonight? This is Pastor Robert, and I well I want to apologize. we getting just getting on here today, uh, but we got a great show for you. We got the Reverend Pitcher, Reginald Pitcher here with us. Candidate for Metro Council District 6, and we're going to be talking about the church and politics, right? I know this is going to be a touchy subject for a lot of people, but I am super excited about it because I believe that the church has a role in politics today, and let's get started.
1: So how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. I can't complain one bit. Awesome. Blessed and highly favored. Awesome,
0: awesome, awesome. So tell everybody a little bit about yourself.
1: Okay. I am uh, 67 years young. Been married about 32 years, seven children, pastored several churches through my over my career. Okay. Uh, degree social work from Southern, worked for the state uh, in child protection for over 30 years. Okay. Uh been a community activist for over 40 years and that just about sums it up
0: alright you said 7 kids uh, 5 sons and 2 daughters wow and, ok so, so I'm a pastor I pastor a church and I got 6 kids right and uh, I already told my wife I said well, when I hit 60 I ain't, I'm retiring I ain't doing nothing else so, <laughs> I am done. All my kids got the house, and I'm retired from pastoring, and I'm taking a cruise around the world. But I not you. Right. Not well, you. I, You're trying to run for politics.
1: <laughs> well, actually, I, I, I retired from pastoring at, I think, maybe 59 or 60. Okay. And did not anticipate getting involved in politics, knew that God had something else for me to do.
0: Right. But
1: but I didn't think it was going to be that. Yeah. And lo-, and lo and behold, you know, as things went, doors opened, and I looked around, and that, that question came up, if not uh, you, then who? Wow. If not now, then when?
0: Yeah. So. Now, there's a lot of people out there that believes that the church, uh, the church and state are supposed to be separate, right? The separation of church and state. Um, so, does that mean that the church doesn't have any influence over politics?
1: Well, I, I've never adhered to, to that saying. I don't think it makes much sense Yeah. because everything that that affects the church eliminates from the state. Right. And if the church does not have some influence over what happens with the state, then we're wound up in chaos. Right. And I, and I think, you know, the devil kind of created that to keep uh, Christianity and, and morals and values out yeah. of the political system, which I, I've never agreed to it. You know, it's not, and I, this is the way
0: I look at it, it's not that uh, the church should be separated from the state. It's the state should be separated from the church. Right. right? So the Absolutely. church doesn't, the church doesn't, uh, I mean, the state doesn't push its influence on the church. Right. But the church pushes its influence on the state.
1: Absolutely. that That's my belief. That's the way I've operated all of my life. Because without the church uh, exerting some type of influence on politics yeah. and on government to, to shape the morals, the morals, the values, you know, and put a system in place whereby everyone will be treated equally, yeah, uh, not according to the law, but according to God's law. Right. Right.
0: Exactly. So so, what was the thing? What was the, the um the driving thing? Because when I ran for when I ran for school board, right? And I went to the school and I saw the conditions of the school and I saw the way that the teachers talked to the school, the students. It it was that thing that ignited in me uh, uh something to get involved, right? What was right. that thing for you?
1: Well, what when I looked at. The, the log jam that we call the city council mm-hmm. how things were getting done, but they were getting done on the other side of the parish. Right. And I looked at the, the people who were in power or are in a position to exercise power yeah. uh, for the, for the good of the North of Florida Boulevard, yeah. uh, They were not doing it. There was no leadership. I didn't see any leadership. I didn't see a vision. I I didn't see the the will to to push the envelope to get things done. And when this seat became open in in District 6, uh, because of the fact that Donna Collins termed out, uh, it was a perfect opportunity for me. I ran in, in 08. Yeah. Uh, and the, the situation with that was uh, we went out, we we uh, registered people to vote, and we managed to claim the majority, African-American majority in this district. Yeah. However, when I entered the race against incumbent at that time, which was Martha Jane Tossin, uh, unbeknown to me, another black lady got into the race. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, once that happened, of course, split the vote. She got in on the first primary.
0: That's funny how that always happens.
1: And I found out later that it was orchestrated by a friend of mine who I thought was a friend, you know. Yeah. But be that as it may, but this time came around and uh, it was the perfect opportunity for me uh, to give it another shot.
0: So, so what are the boundaries
1: of District 6? District 6 runs from Foster Drive on the west, all the way to Millerville on the east, mm-hmm. uh, Florida Boulevard on the north, and Greenville Springs on the south. I'm, I'm sorry, Florida Boulevard on the south, Greenwood Springs on the north. Wow. It's As a the, long district.
0: Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's huge but there's not a lot of diversity in that district. So it's mostly, it's mostly African-American.
1: Well, it's 80% African-American because they took in a portion of, uh, Broadmoor, all of Broadmoor and half of, uh, Sherwood. So it's about 23% white and 80 plus percent, uh, 78% rather, uh, black. Awesome. Um, so with the, with
0: The state of politics, not just in uh, Baton Rouge and Metro Council, but as a whole in our country, I I found that there's been like uh, this disconnect. And and when we were younger, it was always Republican, Democrat. Right. And then I found that it switched. And it's, it's that the Republican side. Right. And I'm talking about the church. Look at politics totally different than the Democrat side, which is mostly black. Um, look at politics because it, I mean, I was telling somebody the other day that it's almost like having two churches, right? That's because true. you have you have one aspect of the body of Christ that is saying, "Man, everything is great. We got a great president. We got to just keep holding him up and pray for him and voting for him because he's the person that's bringing morals back to our country." And then we have the other side saying, are you crazy? You're saying this guy's bringing the morals back to our country? You know what I mean? It is almost like there's two churches at the same time.
1: You know, in actuality, if you look at, just say the South, for instance, historically, mm-hmm. the church never spoke out against slavery. Right. Mm-hmm and they built some of the 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 most beautiful Ephesus in the south yeah had strong conventions strong associations right but their interpretation of the word and our interpretation of the word were diabolically different yeah now you have the modern day so-called ultra right yeah uh who say they read the same Bible we read, believe in the same God we believe in, worship the same God we worship in, but see two diabolically different channels in which the, the Holy Spirit flows. Right. And you know, and far from me to pass judgment on them, but it seems to me that if, the God that lives on the inside of me lives on yeah. the inside of you. Then there should be more humanity yeah. uh, in regards. We're brothers in Christ, one right. Lord, one faith, one baptism. That's what my Bible says. Right, you know? right.
0: So As, uh, why why are we seeing? Because, like you, you bring up a great point with with slavery and the church never spoke out on it. And matter of fact, we had uh, people that was pushing the slaves to to obey your master because this is what the Bible says, right?
1: Absolutely. The church never really stood up for it,
0: stood up for for their rights. Now, we started seeing that change, right? But I feel like we're going backwards again because the same people that are are waving their Confederate flags and the same people that were burning crosses in people's yards were also the same ones that were burning church, black churches, were the same
1: ones that were going to church on Sunday? Burning black churches, blowing up back, black, black churches with little children in it. And in and, and, and most instances, not all, but most instances, those people use the church as a means to an end, yeah. not the end in itself and that means to an an end was social control. They use the church for social control. It's gotten back to that point now because it appears that uh, morality is never in question when it comes to them. Morality is only in question when it comes to us. They set the standards that we have to live up to. (laughs) Look at, look at it like that. Right. They don't have to live up to the standards they set. They set the standards for us to live up to. I'm talking about the white church. Right. It is, it's, I'm, when I even talk about it, I don't
0: like to classify white or black churches because, like you said earlier, it's one body. It's supposed to be one body. Right. But I see this ultra-conservative you know, side, which is predominantly white, right? Right. and but when they look at the liberal side if you look on the liberal side you're going to see many different cultures right. you know you you're going to see uh, uh black you're going to see hispanic you're going to see white you're going to see different so it's to to me it's not a white or black thing because there's definitely a, there's a huge you know number of, of people on this right on this left side as well um but we're missing each other we're we missing are. each other how can we, we're serving God, we're same, serving the same God and we're believing the same things, but we're missing something in there. And um, one of the things I thought what, thought it was recently, and I had a conversation with somebody about this subject, and I said it was empathy.
1: Hmm. I agree. Em- em- empathy on a whole nother level. right? Em- right. Empathy and not, not only in terms of putting yourself in the other person's place. But also feeling their their heart, feeling their concerns, feeling their yeah. wants, their needs, their aspirations. You know, to 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 empathize or to sympathize is one thing, but to put yourself in their shoes is a is a whole different situation.
0: Right, right. My
1: my problem with the church quote church of today, and I'm talking about organized religion in general yeah, yeah, yeah. is is that the shepherds the shepherds are not living up to their calling their mm. calling is to shepherd the sheep in the in the position of an under shepherd yeah yeah and the under shepherd are to lead the sheep according to the dictates of the over shepherd right but they're not fulfilling that calling in that i tell you i'll tell you exactly what i'm talking about i i had a dream once i i had i've been a black militant at yeah. some point point in my life was affiliated with the black panthers old nine yards i so grew up in south central los angeles in watts mm-hmm. didn't yeah. have a lot of contact with white people right and the, and the contact that i did have with white people was, was usually either i'm robbing them or the police has arrested me. So there right. was not a good, you know, communication. Okay, so when I moved here and became a pastor, I still had not overcome my my hatred of wow. white people because yeah, of what yeah. they did. So lo and behold, God has a way of, of, of getting your attention, right? Yeah. Uh, my oldest son, Married a white girl. Love wow, her. Wow. They've been married now for 23 years. She's a beautiful young lady. She gave me two yeah, yeah. beautiful grandsons. That's awesome. My, awesome. my oldest daughter married a white man.
0: Yeah. They're
1: not they're not together now, but they had a beautiful daughter and they have a good relationship. Yeah. yeah. My third my third son right now is engaged to a white girl. Wow. Okay, so I could have taken that two different ways. I could have taken it that they were rebelling against me, right. which which I did not. I would not embrace that. Or I could take it as God is trying to show me something. Yeah. That I should not judge a person by the color of the skin. Wow. Gave me a vision, Doc. While I was still pastoring, uh, I came upon a valley where they had sheep that were trapped in the valley. Yeah. There were white sheeps and there were black sheeps in this valley. And God said, I want you to go and shape, save the sheep. Now, when I got to the edge of this valley and looked down and I saw black and white sheep, my first inclination was to save the black ones, right?
0: Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> but I couldn't save the black ones without saving the white ones. Wow. That was the agreement. Yeah. So yeah. From, from that point on, God humbled me. And that, that there is no color, you right, know, right. God is God and, and humanity is humanity. Yeah. So right. so if if our pastors, if our pastors does not take the responsibility of shepherding the sheep, regardless of what the situation is, yes, you know, then we are we are, are usurping our responsibilities, our calling yeah. and our duties, and that that's
0: my right. point of view. It's 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 causing the pastors must lead, and and I've been involved in churches that that said, you know what, we don't want nothing to do with politics, we don't want to uh, open that that can of worms because we got Democrats and Republicans in my church, and I'm thinking to myself, great, that's, right. a, great right. that's a great place to start. Great
1: place to start. No, so
0: it's, it's, um, my church is uh we have a, a pastor a, a multicultural, multi ethnic church, and so we have. Whites and we have blacks, we have Hispanic, we have a re- a Republicans, we have Democrats, we have Independents. We have so many different people that are represented, and the church should be a representation of the community that is in. Absolutely. And when Absolutely. I don't stand up for when I don't stand up for the rights of people that are in my church, then I've discounted them and I've discounted their story, right? Absolutely. So I, there's no way possible I can pastor pastor white people without standing up for white values right and there's no way I can pastor black people without standing up for black values
1: you can't you know and and you can't okay right does not have a color right exactly justice does not have a color yeah justice is colorblind right and righteousness is colorblind uh I, I, I got into a situation, Doc, where uh, they were, I went down to the city council. My, my objective there was to speak out against a, a law that would allow uh, gays to exercise the same uh, rights as yeah, yeah. other employees, right? Yeah, yeah. Got there standing in line waiting for my turn to speak.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. While I was standing in that line, I was in the line with yeah. the people who were speaking against the gay community. Yeah. When I, and I closed my eyes just to, to hear what was saying. When I closed my eyes, and, and I kid you not, the spirit of God translated me back to the 50s and the 60s. Wow. and the same things that those people were saying at that council meeting were the same thing things people were saying in the 50s yeah. and the 60s. I don't want my child living around them. I don't want them in my community. I that they just t- you know so I I had a, a revelation right there and in the midst of that I changed sides.
0: Right there at the mic.
1: Right at the mic. And, right. and it's it's on, it, they, it's on uh, YouTube. Yeah. And they tried, the, the people who were speaking against it, since yeah. my turn to speak was with them, but I spoke against them, right. they tried to throw me out of the council. Wow. But God spoke to me that night, yeah. that I, that I, and I could not go through with, with what I came there for.
0: You know and that's such a beautiful story for me I, I, I kind of hate this um, title of being uh, being called a liberal because basically it's saying that you for anything whatever it is you just for right. You know I mean? right you know You right. mean? whatever it don't matter what it is you're just for it but that's yeah. not the way I look at it I look at uh uh the way that Jesus dealt with people in in the community the way he dealt with the woman that was caught in the adultery the way he right. dealt with The tax collector, was all love, and and, and that is the goodness of God that brings them into repentance.
1: Right, right.
0: And so when we do those things, I mean, look at if you look at the Bible, Jesus embraced the leopards that were, they were cast out into their own communities and not allowed to come around, but he embraced them and he touched them when no one else would touch them. And I believe as pastors, we're called to do the exact same thing. But I can't touch you when I've outlawed you.
1: Absolutely. You know it's my my thing is if God gives you power through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, and He gives you that power uh, for good, right, to have a positive impact. On the world in which we live, not of the world, but we're in the world. Right. If you don't use that power for good, when it's within your power to use it. Right. Then you are not only selling God short, but you're also selling the people that you're leading short.
0: Yeah. You have the opportunity to change people's hearts and minds. Absolutely. And and by showing them the gospel, not preaching at them, Absolutely. but showing them the gospel, showing Absolutely. them love of Jesus, then they're changed. They're not gonna be changed by us making laws that say they no. can't buy a piece of buy a cake. You know no. what I mean? That's Absolutely. not gonna change them. Matter of fact, it's gonna push them away even more. But when you embrace them and you show them love,
1: people change. People change. You know, people change. And you, you're not going to do it by simply legislating laws right. and rules and regulations because you can't legislate a person's heart. Right. You know, you can't make a law and make him love you. Right. Uh, one of my best friends in the world is a white preacher by the name of Steve Crump. Yeah. Steve pastored the Unitarian Church for several years. He just retired last year, and uh, in, in, uh, he'll help. This man showed me more love, yeah. man-to-man, uh, minister-to-minister, than any minister or with the exception of my grandfather that I've ever met. Yeah. And there's no way, after coming into contact with this man, that I could not feel the love of God go flowing through Him to me, yeah, yeah. right? You know, and when when you get in, into a situation like that or an environment like that, you can't help but reciprocate. Yeah,
0: exactly. You know,
1: and so this this is something that that uh, up until the point before I met Him, I had never experienced. Yeah, uh, we were friends. We've been friends now over forty years. <clears throat> wow, over forty years. We met uh, on a march against the death penalty from Angola to the state capitol. That's where we met. Yeah, and, and our friendship never waned. It never waned. I spoke at his church, and he spoke at mine. Yeah, but that's the way it should be.
0: Right, you know. It's, is it hard to, to grow those relationships with people that are what uh, uh, we say on, a, on the other side? Right. I, I want to grow relationships with conservative conservatives because I want them to to hear my heart on an issue. And um, part of the problem is we don't take enough time to listen to each other. Right. And it sounds like you and your friend had an understanding. You listen to each other. And though you don't agree on everything. You do agree on God. You agree on Jesus Christ. You agree right. on love, right? And those Absolutely. simple, simple places of em- empathy that we show each other in our in our problems in our circumstances.
1: What What made it easy for he and I uh, to to come together was that we looked at each other as equals. Yeah. Not not as inferior and superior, yeah. you know, big me, little you. The only way that you can form uh, a bond, a spiritual bond yeah. with another yeah. individual is if that individual, uh, it, ha- it has the willingness and the understanding to meet you on equal terms. We're not talking about education. We're not talking about wealth. We're talking about strictly on a humanitarian
0: basis. Yeah, right, right. You know,
1: man to man, we're equal. Now, if you're willing to meet me halfway in our humanity and treat me as a man, and I treat you as a man, there's no end to what we can accomplish. Right. Not. Exactly. Everything that was
0: done great in the church was done when the church was in unity. In unity. Right? When they were Absolutely. all in one place. Right? When they were Absolutely. all together. Absolutely. The, the Holy Spirit did amazing things. And the enemy has has been able to divide the church for so long. For so long.
1: You know, right here in this city, not only uh, white churches, but we have black churches. I, yeah, just personally speaking, yeah, I don't know of maybe one or two churches that would even allow me to minister in their church. And 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 this is not something that's just happened recently. This is it's been that way for probably maybe 30 years, the duration of of my civil rights career. I've I've not been part of the clique. I've not been part of the crew because I I chose to make a stand publicly for the people, may not be popular, may not get you grants and, and, and donations. But it was things that needed to be done. Uh, the main thing that, that they that they had against me was when I'm out in the street protesting and or marching and or demonstrating or whatever it is I'm doing. And their members happen to be there too. Yeah. So they're saying, Well, where is my pastor? Right. So when they go back and ask their pastor why he was not there, yeah. then all of the, the the vitriol is directed back at me. Exactly. And that's the way it's been throughout my career. It's still that way.
0: And, and it's going to continue to be that way because people yeah. don't, we don't like different. No. Right? We don't like different. And when we look at things totally different, where I can, I'm going to, I'm going to fight for, those white people in my church, as much as I want to fight for those black people,
1: absolutely
0: right. And to me, there, thats the calling of a pastor, you know, to bring each other together. And it's not going to be popular because people want you to support their cause. Absolutely, <laughs> right? absolutely. They want absolutely. you to support their cause, and if you don't support their cause one hundred percent, then there's something
1: wrong, right? Man, and, I want to
0: be on the cause of the people
1: the people and what's right you know what's right my grandmother had a saying she said right don't wrong anybody
0: right so if
1: you're standing on the right it doesn't matter what color you are right is right yeah you know and and that's the problem right there right oh
0: and i think um you hit the nail on the head who's defining right Who's defining right? And if, if 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 there is someone that's defining it, why are we missing it, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and, everybody that the, the phone lines are open. You welcome, call in, ask questions, comment. We want you to definitely be a part of this conversation.
1: Go ahead, Reverend. No, I'm saying that 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 therein lies the problem. You know, when 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 you're saying that you're a child of God and you believe in the tenets of, of Jesus Christ and what he taught and what he stood for. Yeah. But then, yeah. then you have a leader who does the exact opposite of what right, Jesus right. stood for. But then you have Christians who uphold him in it. Right. Right. So yeah, how do you yeah. explain that?
0: Exactly. Uh, when, uh, the last, uh, election, right, uh, there were those that would—they were down you and they say, "Look, if you're not voting for Trump, you're not even a Christian, right? You know right, what I mean? Right. You're not even a Christian." And I'm like, "Man, that's huh. deep. You just yeah. took my—you just took my Christianity away from me, because because those issues that you're running, he's running for, are not my issues, right? Right? My issues look totally different than those issues on that side." So when so when I'm supporting a political candidate, I'm not not turned off by their race or anything like that. But do those issues affect us? Are those issues affecting the people that are around me? Are those issues affecting the people in my church? And if they're not, then I need to make sure that I'm looking towards the candidate that is falling in line not only with with the, the Bible but also with our issues.
1: Amen. And, and not making excuses and not making excuses for them when they fall short.
0: Right. One of the things I've always said is uh, I don't have an issue with President Trump. I have an issue with the people around him that mm-hmm. don't push him to greatness. I have a, I believe that he can be great, a great president. But if you surround yourself with people that are always saying yes, you know, you're, you're not they're not going to push me. To, I got my church board. My church board get on my nerves <laughs> because they are they're always challenging me on different things they're challenging me on, on decisions they're they're challenging me on on the uh, on on the way that I, I talk to people and they make me a better person because of the of the fact that they're challenging me to push me forward and if i allow if they allow me to do and say anything I want then they're failing me because I'm failing you. Exactly.
1: And there's no That's two right. ways about that.
0: Yes. Yeah, we have to push each other to greatness. So so should uh should pastors or should Christians run for political office?
1: Well, I am a good example of of why they should. Uh and the reason I say that is because You know it's it's easy to say well uh i'm going to try to make change from the outside yeah yeah. well change from the outside hardly ever if ever happens right change from the inside uh what what usually happens is a person goes into a situation saying i'm going to change it from the inside they Ultimately, if they don't have a strong faith and determination, they're going to be changed. Yeah. yeah. But I think that a well-rounded, well-grounded child of God can go into a situation like that and make a change just because of the fact that they're there. Yes,
0: Yes. exactly. Because we're bringing all those traits of Jesus Christ into the political realm.
1: That's, that's my, you know, that's my feelings on that.
0: But when you run for, when you run as a Democrat or when you run as a Republican, are you, are you, are you drawing a line between uh, Christian
1: Republicans and Christian Democrats? Well, to be honest with you, I don't like those labels either because there's some some things that the republicans uh that i agree with right there are some things that the democrats expouse that i don't agree with such right, as ab- right. uh, such as abortion yeah. yeah so you know i i, I can't put myself in, in a box a republican box a democrat box i run as a democrat because that's i my party affiliation right, right. But if you're talking voting around, along party lines for the sake of voting along party lines, then I'm not your guy. Yeah, and that's not going to make you very popular. No, no. <laughs> it, it's really not. You know, uh, because there, there's going to be times when, when, when you're going to have to make decisions based on uh, what's right, May not be popular, right but but what's right now, I know there was a situation here recently that you know a person uh, voted on an individual uh based on her personal feelings, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it caused uh, a lot of uh, an uproar in the community,
0: yeah, there was a lot of hurt in the
1: community you know, over it absolutely you know and in that sense of the word if your people are are in favor of something that does not go against your your morals and your principles yeah, yeah. Uh, then you should respect that yeah, yeah you know you should respect that. And, and they should have enough confidence in you going into a situation to know that you're not going to make a, a bad decision right in, right? in their favor, I mean, in, in, in their name.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Somebody wrote, if Jesus ran for president, how many Christians would be mad, be mad at him for leading with love oh God for all, for not being impartial?
1: That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. That is an excellent question. Do you
0: think it's hard to lead uh, a, a church as as a and uh, say as a Democrat? Because I'm a, I'm an independent. I probably lean more towards Democratic than conservative conservative side, and I found that it, it's a it's hard work to stay a church that has multicultures and, and ethnicities in it when. I, I tend to lean to this side.
1: Uh I when when I was pastor, I pastored over twenty-three years. Uh and I I did uh occasionally uh discuss politics yeah. uh, on, on more occasions than not. And Sometimes I got pushed back, you know, uh, basically, sometimes we we had, uh, of course, more Democrats than Republicans, but we did have some Republicans. And I had to explain my position, you know, and justify my position, uh, not, uh, and, and made a point not to belittle their position. Right. But uh, explain fully. Explain mine. Yeah, you know. So and you don't. You
0: to... never allowed nobody. No, you didn't. You never allowed um, people in the congregation to stop what you felt was important to talk about.
1: No, no, I, I, I didn't. And I also gave them an opportunity uh, to disagree. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you know, uh, and make their point. And, we're, and we we made it a point not to, to debate because the debate only only leads to anger and, and we, we're not we were we're not going to do that. Uh, so in, in essence, everyone left the, the the gathering, you know, with with a sense of of. Togetherness and not angry. Everybody understood exactly where the other person stood, and also respected their feelings and their rights to feel that way. Right.
0: Right. What do you think is the uh, prevailing problem here in Baton Rouge? What are the issues that, uh, as a, a, a council member on the Metro Council, that you see need to be held up in this next? this next four year term
1: uh I, I look at it where the city council does not the, the the individuals on the council do not have a a a genuine heartfelt respect for each other mm, yeah And, and the reason I say that is this black people want the same thing. White people want, they want safe neighborhoods. They they want a, a, a good paying job. They want to raise their children in a safe environment. They want to be able to send them to school that that's all they want. They don't want any more or any less
0: than anybody
1: else. So if I complain that my trash is not being picked up, yeah. if I if I can, can, can complain that my streets are not being paved, if I complain that my school system is not what it should be, respect what I'm saying. Yeah. And receive what I'm saying. Consider what I'm saying. Understand what I'm saying. Work with me to change that.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: If you don't have any problems in your neighborhood, you don't have problems with your schools. You don't, you know, so you don't feel what I feel, right, right. So they they have a tendency today. They have a tendency to to belittle what you're saying, yeah, yeah. You know, and and demonize you for saying it, it
0: goes back to empathy again.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. When sure. that comes into play, and that's the dominant force that's in play, we can do some things, and yeah, we can yeah. accomplish some things.
0: How do you do that? I mean, that that sounds like a huge task.
1: It it takes first of all communication.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I, I'm talking communication on 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 the level. Uh, where everyone and it it goes back again to that equality thing, yeah. Yeah. Because if if we're not sitting around the table as equals, yeah, then nothing I have to say really matters. Wow, yeah, and I've been in meetings like that where. Where what what I'm saying, just like the other day, at the school board meeting. Here here is is, is deep discussion yeah. on something that's relevant and for today, and this lady is there ordering something on the internet, right? So that's an example of of disrespect.
0: Yeah, you know and she was getting she, her
1: shopping on, wasn't she? Absolutely. (laughs) You know, so so you're telling me that that my feelings and and my heart doesn't matter to you. Yeah. You know, you you, you don't even care to listen to hear. Right. And I see that happening at the city council as well.
0: Yeah. I guarantee you more people have done that. More people have done that than uh, she just got caught this time.
1: Oh, yeah. She just got caught.
0: Right, but I'm sure of it.
1: The camera angle was just right that time. <laughs>
0: it was just right. Do you think she should she should resign?
1: No, I'm not. To be honest with you, Doc, I, I'm not in favor of a recall. And and the yeah. reason reason why is this: in order for her to actually be recalled, the people who voted for her, what what would have to vote for her again. Right. to, to be dismissed from the board. Yeah. That's yeah. Not, in all practicality, that's not gonna happen. Right. You know, they voted her in two or three times. They're not the ones leading the petition drive to have her
0: her removed. removed. Right.
1: You know, and, and mm-hmm. I would not I would not be one of those calling for her resignation. Right. The people who she's elected to, to represent are the ones who should be doing
0: that. Right. I agree. Um, we have our, our mayoral races actually coming, uh, coming up as well. And we have, uh, Tara Wicker who is also on Metro board as she's stepping into that arena for mayor. Have you made a decision on who you're going to support?
1: Well, to be honest with you, uh, a friend of mine who is also very active in my campaign, uh, representative Denise, uh, Marcel. Uh, uh-huh. if Denise gets into the race, I will support her. Right. And the reason I will support her because is because she is supporting me. Yeah. Uh, I think Sharon ha- has done a good job under, under the circumstances. Yeah. Uh, under any other circumstances, I probably would be supporting her. Yeah, uh, but you know, politics is as politics is, right? Uh, now, in terms of, of Tyra Wicker, Tyra and I are friends. We've been friends for a long time, but I, I don't agree with with the majority of of the decisions she she's made. Yeah, uh, on the city council we we had disagreements in the community in terms of some positions she's taken so i certainly would not support her
0: right uh who are you running against
1: i'm running against uh don collins uh the school board member who made that terrible vote yeah a young man by the name of Corey smith don't know him very well. Don't know very much about yeah. him.
0: He's a really nice guy. I've met him. Yeah.
1: And uh, another young lady, I think, who was Donna Collins Lewis, secretary. Okay. I don't, I don't know her either, but those right. are the ones that I know. Oh yeah. There's another a white lady in the race who just got in. Well, she's, she's uh, planning to. Okay. Uh, by, her name is, uh, I think, Sharon Kaufman or Susan Kaufman.
0: Don't okay. know
1: anything about her either.
0: Okay. What so do you think is going to be the, the thing that's? What is the thing that's going to make you stand out from the other candidates?
1: Well, what what I'm I'm, I'm banking on and looking at is uh, commitment, experience. I've been around. I've been involved. I've been in community activities for for the last forty years. Yeah. Uh not afraid to challenge and make hard decisions. Uh can work with anybody. Uh have a heart for the people uh in in terms of of listening to to what they have to say. Yeah. Uh, and trying to put forth efforts to to bring their dreams and their visions uh in, into completion. Yeah. You know, and and I think basically what we need right now is a strong voice on the council that will will aggressively represent the people.
0: Yeah, and I love the fact that you're, you're also your heart is to bring unity to the council, Absolutely. and I think that's a that's a breath of fresh air because we we start seeing those lines being drawn. Man, I want to tear those lines down.
1: And, and and this is an opportune time for it because. Uh, two thirds of the council are, is is terming out, so you're gonna right. have two thirds of the council made up of new council persons.
0: Wow, this is a perfect time.
1: Perfect, perfect
0: time. time. Man, this is a perfect time. So I, I, I am rooting for you, man. I'm rooting for you, and I, I'm ex- thankful that you were able to come onto the show tonight.
1: Well, I appreciate you inviting me, man. Seriously, uh, I've I've really enjoyed the conversation.
0: If you had one thing that you could leave people with tonight that that you want them to remember about you, what would it be?
1: Well, I guess from a personal note, please, ma'am, please, sir, adhere to the guidelines that the medical profession are putting forth. Yeah. Wear masks. Follow social distancing. This pandemic is not over. It's far from over. Right. It's taking our people out on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, and last weekend, I my my campaign team and I gave out over hundred masks. We plan to do it the next week, a week from this Saturday. That's and awesome. Challenge churches and community organizations buy and as many masks as you can afford. Yeah, Half of the people who came in line to get masks did not have masks. Right. I asked them, well, why aren't you wearing a mask? And it wasn't that they didn't want to wear masks. mask. It wasn't that they didn't feel that they needed to. They didn't know where to get them. Right. So yeah. if we can figure out a way to get masks, To the majority of the people, particularly in our communities that don't have masks, you know, and continue to exercise social distancing, particularly on the 4th of July.
0: That that
1: would be the message I want to leave. Wow.
0: Uh, It's crazy because uh, when the the epidemic, the pandemic first started, I ordered some masks on uh, Amazon. I figured, you know, order some masks on Amazon. It'll probably be here in the next couple of days. It took me 35 days to get those masks uh, after uh, from Amazon. <laughs> I don't think I left the house. So.
1: <laughs> but uh,
0: it's crazy how how wearing a mask has become so politicized. Like if you wear a mask, you're against the president,
1: and if you if you don't wear a mask, you're for him. It's it's crazy. It's crazy, it's crazy. You know they're putting politics above. Human life above humanity. Yeah. And that should never happen. It should never happen. Yeah. And I hope people have enough common sense to realize that politics is politics, but living and dying is something altogether different.
0: That's right. And we all have to experience that. We all have to experience it. Yeah. So I just pray, man, I'm praying for you that you just run a amazing campaign, that you do all the things that, you know, God has. Place for you to do. I love the fact that you're looking at 70 and you like, I still got purpose. Uh, yeah, man. <laughs> I got purpose and I'm gonna keep pushing. I ain't got time. I told my wife, it's funny because I told my wife yesterday uh we were having lunch, and and I said, you know, I don't feel the need to go nowhere anymore. <laughs> She's like, What? I was like, I don't have nothing else to prove. I'm I, I said, I'm pastor in my church, I'm doing my podcast. I don't have to go nowhere else. I'm. I'm. Hey, if I want to go somewhere, I'll go, so I'm gonna go because I want to go. You're perfectly satisfied. <laughs> I'm perfectly satisfied right now. You know. <laughs> so, but I know my wife. She gonna keep pushing me.
1: Be careful, Doc. Because I said the same thing. God said, God said "You're not done until I say you're
0: done." That's right. That's right. And I want to move when he moves me, right? Absolutely. I don't want to move on my own. No. So. Man,
1: he'll let you know when where and how